0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group.
1: Welcome back to the Road to Retirement. My name's Chris Anselmo. I'm here with uh, our host as always, Mr. Shore. How are you doing today, Tony?
0: I'm doing great, Chris. Good to be here with you. Good to see you. And, Mm -hmm. uh, it's been crazy. We had a little bit of a holiday there and got to see family, and I ate too much, as usual. Did you get a good Thanksgiving feast this year?
1: I did. You know, it's odd. By the time I sat down to the table to eat, I was already full. You know, I'm like, <laughs> you know, and like I hardly finished my plate. And I'm like, hey, maybe I just can't eat as much as I used to, but maybe it's because I was eating all during the preparation, right?
0: You were grazing. That's Grazing, that's it. Yeah, yeah. There you were grazing, there's probably cookies around, there's, yeah, there's things to be sampled. I'll tell you, when those buns come out of the oven fresh, uh, my wife has to, like, lock me in a room. <laughs> you know, I think
1: I had a couple of those before we got, we got started, so that probably... <laughs> That's, probably uh,
0: that's what does it for me is a couple of those fresh buns with some butter on it and
1: I know my brother he ordered two uh 15 pound turkeys and oh. uh, they ga- they gave him two 25 pound turkeys oh my goodness <laughs> so we ended end up having 50 pounds of turkey we need we we don't even think we used one I mean we we cut it all up but we I think everyone just took it back home so
0: well yeah I'll tell you what Chris here's the thing with tur- the leftover turkey from your Thanksgiving dinner or anytime Anytime you make a turkey in the oven, you know, you slice off that fresh uh, breast meat and what isn't eaten of that, the next day or that night or usually the next day, what you do is you take those pieces, you put them in a frying pan with butter, a lot of butter, and you fry them in a frying pan with butter and season them really well, like with garlic salt or whatever your favorite things are. And then (laughs) everything goes
1: better with butter and bacon. Yeah.
0: But uh, I'll tell you what, I fry up those turkey chunks in a pan with butter, and uh, my wife and kids love it, and I, I put it on two pieces of toast with some mayo and a slice of cheese. It's delicious. Delicious. One of my favorite things in the world. I love the day after Thanksgiving. I like it better than the fresh turkey, honestly. Yeah. Isn't that crazy?
1: Well, we normally get fresh birds, so we don't use the frozen ones. So that's, oh, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah that's good. Okay, well, today we thought uh, as the year's closing out, uh, I'll talk a little bit about estate planning because that's like closing out your life, right? So, yeah. And a lot of the blunders we see uh, that either people procrastinate, they don't do things, they do things they think with good intentions, but not the best solution. So, I thought we'd talk about a few of those and maybe you could just ask questions too, and we'll see if we'll get through this.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. So, estate planning blunders. I know you've seen a lot of them. You've talked about a few of them yeah. uh, on past shows. Uh, what are what's a what's probably the most common estate planning blunder you see?
1: Making your children join owners on your accounts.
0: Oh, okay. That surprises me. I wasn't expe- expecting that one. So people make their children.
1: You know, it's, you know, for convenience, say, hey, I'm going to put my daughter on my bank account or, you know, put my daughter on my house or something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're thinking that it's making it easier so they can have access to the checking account or whatever. But the, the issue, and it doesn't happen that often, but the issue, the big issue is if something happens to your daughter,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that asset is exposed. So you say you have $100,000 in this savings account. And you put your daughter's name on, it and she gets in a car accident.
0: Ah, okay. She,
1: she gets divorced. Ah, she has creditor
0: problems, IRS problems, whatever. You know, because it's going to be viewed make, as an asset of hers.
1: Yeah, she's an owner. So, so any uh, decent attorney is going to, if you're, you know, going after her, you're going to find out all the accounts. And even if you said, well, you know, that's all my mom's money. Hey, you're an owner. That doesn't matter. I mean. Right, I mean, even if it's like say you and your wife, you open up an account, and you it's all your money, Tony. You put your wife's name on it. She's an owner, right? So mm-hmm. um, that that's a that's a big issue. There's better ways of doing it. You know, they think it's just well, it'll avoid probate, and if you know, in case I get sick, they can get into the account. Those are true, but there's better ways of doing it. So, huh. so, through, so you, you see
0: yeah. people doing that, huh? and you tell them, Speci- nope.
1: especially. The, you know, especially the elderly, like as they're getting, you know, they're in their eighties oh, and nineties sure. and you know, they're they're like, what harm could it be? My kid's 70. Right. Mm-hmm. Was, well, look, your kid could have issues anytime. Right. So, so it'd be better either to give them a power attorney or maybe use a trust to give them the power over the money, but not ownership. Right. So, so that's, that's one of the big ones we see. Um, we also see, um, bad documents, you know, and I think we've talked about this on other shows too, where someone tries to either do it themselves or they try to download something off the internet and, you know, 90% of the time it might be okay, but it's the 10% you have to worry about. You know, we talked about this, you know, it's not often that you get a flat tire, but it's even rarer that flat, your spare is flat too, right? So when you have, bad documents, it's just a mess. So, for instance, um, I think we may have even shared this on a show before where we had a, a client whose sister was in a, uh, a facility called a mental institution. But um, she was in a you know, government-run facility because she, she had issues, and she had power of attorney for her sister, but the power of attorney was so bland, it didn't give her a lot of authority to do things like sell the house that they jointly owned. So, mm. those type of things where um, oftentimes you can't undo them. Like in this situation, if the the daughter was incapacitated, I mean, the sister was incapacitated now because I mean that's why she's in this this facility. So we can't have her sign a new power of attorney because legally she can't execute documents because she's not she doesn't have legal capacity anymore. So you know then you're going to end up in a probate court and it's just you know it's just it, so bad documents we see, or they're outdated. Um, they could be outdated where, um, you know, you named your, your brother on the, the document. Your brother passed away, right? So now what, you know? So uh, there's just a lot of things out there that um, that happen like that, and people don't plan for them. But, uh, you know, you really got to take the time to do that. Um, so we, we see a lot of uh, blunders that way.
0: Yeah. yeah, documents. <clears throat> sure. Well, I would assume uh, not to, not to you know, all those, I, I know you see all the, these things a lot. That's why you're talking about them. But I've got to believe isn't the number one thing you see, and maybe not. If people are um, good enough to come to a financial professional like yourself uh, for help, maybe they're smarter than this. But I've got to believe the biggest mistake most people make is they don't have an estate plan in place at all. Oh, not correct. not yeah. having a plan is probably right. number one, isn't it?
1: Right. So they look. A lot of people they just think like it's not going to happen to me, or I'm not. I'm young enough, and you know I got time. Right. So procrastination's procrastination's probably the biggest one, yeah. right? But
0: right. But I know. Procre- I'm. I don't need one because I'm going to be. I'm. Ha- I'm going to live forever.
1: Sure. At least your voice, right? You, can probably, you can <laughs> yeah. probably have your voice live forever. Do yeah. some digital digital recordings, right? Oh, and yeah. sell to Disney. Yep. <laughs> Um, another big one we see is um, we call them beneficiary blunders. Like you might put your daughter in your checking account, but you have four children, right? So legally when you pass away, your daughter doesn't have to share it with the other three. Hopefully she will. But I mean, so blunders are you don't have everybody on, you have the wrong people on, or you don't have any beneficiary designation. So, Sometimes we'll see uh, someone with an IRA and uh, let's say they named their brother as as the first beneficiary and then the brother predeceased them, but they didn't go change, you know, who to put on as the contingent beneficiary. So now that ends up being paid to their estates. And if it's like an IRA, you know, one of the benefits of an IRA is being able to stretch this out over years and years and years. so You don't have to pay the tax all at one time, even, even the people who inherit it, but if it's not a person like an estate's not a person, there's no way to stretch it because there's, there's no life. Right. So, so if you left it to your sister, okay, your sister's a certain age, she can, based on the table, she can stretch it out over her, her lifetime. But if there's no person and it's an entity owning it, there's, there's no life to to measure it by. So you end up paying the tax on it all one time. So, so, uh, things like that beneficiary blunders are, are common and uh, the other, the other beneficiary we see blunder is you name one child and again, you hope that they do the right thing. But then all of a sudden, Tony, you've probably heard it too. Someone dies like uh, it just becomes about money for some people. Oh, so yeah. they're not oh, as yeah. nice as they, as they said they were going to be, you know, your mom had my, um, you know, look small account. There's 20 grand. You split it, you know, $5,000 each. Um, if all of a sudden it's a million dollar account, really? I don't have to give it to my brothers and sisters, uh, legally. No, really? Wow. Okay. So, so, you know, just things like that. Um, other, um, blunders, um, what about minor children? You know, minor children legally can't own things. So how do you deal with minor children? So it might be a grandchild or great grandchild, you know, how do who, who do we put in charge of that money? Um, in theory, you don't really want to have to go to court to get a guardianship appointed. So we want to make sure we plan for, you know, the the minor children who, you know, sometimes do inherit because the uh, the parent predeceased them. So, so you know, what do you what do you do in those situations? Um, residuaries, you know, sometimes people I see wills that, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's just bad drafting. They like they don't add up to one hundred percent. Right. I mean, so I'm given the, uh, wow. I'm get, I'm given, you know, sometimes people use dollar amounts in their wills. I want to give a hundred grand to him, hundred grand to him and whatever. And then, well, two things happen. Either there's too much money to, to fulfill that or there's not enough money. Right. So if you had four children, that said I'm going to give them hundred grand each and then you die and there's 600 grand. Where's the other 200 going? Right. Or you die with, 50,000 who gets it. I mean, so thing, things like that you don't think of, you're trying to think that it's easy. Um, but, uh, you know, just gotta be smart about stuff like this. Um, but the biggest blunder, like you said, people, people have done nothing, right? Either that they think they're immortal like Tony or, um,
0: (laughs) I am going to live forever. You know that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Especially with that diet you have. So, uh, (laughs) turkey and butter, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and throw some bacon in there. So, um, yeah, so doing nothing is probably one of the biggest things because when people do nothing, it you know, it's not so, okay, unless this come out the wrong way, but dying's the easy part. So we have pretty much procedures in place. If someone dies without a will or without a trust, you know, there's statute to say, look, Tony so passes a with is he married? Yes. If he's married, his wife gets so much. Does he have minor children? They get so much. If he doesn't have minor children, a wife will get it. If she doesn't have a wife, it'll go back to his parents. If his parents aren't alive, it'll go back to brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, and then you know, cousins, cousins, you know. So there there's procedures in place for that. That's not a good way to plan, but you know, if someone does nothing, nothing and they die, there's every state's gonna have a procedure in place for that. The other it's not when you die. I mean, I went to breakfast this morning. You know, I, I go to breakfast with a bunch of old guys, and um, one of them said, "Hey, you know, uh, Jimmy had a stroke the other day." So, the issue is when you're alive, what's in place? Yeah. If you become disabled, mm-hmm. so hopefully they had documents like medical in place for his, power
0: of attorney. Yeah, things medical like that. power
1: of attorneys and um, healthcare power of attorneys and even financial power of attorneys. So. If uh, you become disabled and someone needs to go write checks for you, do they have the legal authority to do that? If not, we're ending up in a probate court. I don't, a lot of people don't understand that there's a, a living probate court too. So it's not only when you pass away. So if you, so let's say Tony, that happened to you and your wife's not on the bank account, and you don't have a power of attorney, your wife would have to go to the probate judge, apply for a guardianship for you. And then get have the power to, um, to you know, go into the banks and do whatever she needs to do. So, and 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 it becomes hairy because, um, you know, the job of the the probate judge is to make sure that the money is spent on your behalf. So, let's say you have a hundred thousand dollar account somewhere, and your wife's name's not on it. Not that that would ever happen in your family, but we'll right. yeah. <laughs> put it this way: your wife has a hundred thousand dollars in an account, and your name's not on it, right? So. Um, so the the job of the the probate judge is to make sure that hundred thousand dollars for tony is used for tony it's not just so your wife can take it and go to vegas with it right so (laughs) right so the issue then becomes you have to do accountings they have to account for where all the money went um she can't just you know willy-nilly take money up because she's going to have to report to the probate judge at least here every two years you know there was a hundred thousand dollars in the account now there's you know, $94,237. Do you have receipts for everything? I mean, it's, you know, it just gets a little hairy there. So, um, and it takes, it takes a while. And and oftentimes you need the money now. Like, I don't, I, you know, I, I need to, I understand we can get to the money, do the, the guardianship, but the guardianship might take two, three weeks to get done. Well, yeah, but we need to pay bills now. So, just things like that. So either no documents or poor documents. We've talked about poor documents before. So, um, And then I, I think a lot of times it's, um, you know, finding the right people to trust. Um, one of the people you might think will do the right thing ends up not doing the right thing. So maybe you have some checks and balances in there. So we have situations in our documents sometimes if if more than X amount of dollars is going to be taken out, then... You know, you, you need to go talk, you need to get consent to your brother or your sister or something like that yeah. so that so that we're not, uh, because a probate judge especially, you know, it, your job as power of attorney is not to spend the money on you, right? There's, you know, there's laws against that. So you are a, a fiduciary basically and you're looking out for the best interest of the person you're, you're watching over, so. Yeah.
0: So uh, if our uh, listeners out there, if they're like me hearing all this and uh, thinking, wow, I need to get things in order uh, this is what you do, this is how you yeah, help people, yeah. and the initial consultation. There's no cost, there's no obligation. Uh, how do they get a hold of you to set that up?
1: I'll just call our office at uh, 440-886-3550 or our law office is at 216-485-1040. You like that, Tony, 1040? Like, yeah. You know, the ah, CPA. <laughs> I, I see that.
0: what you did there, Mr. Tax. Yeah tax and financial, man. Yeah. Um, well, here's the deal, though. If a lot of folks we're talking about might not have anything set up, might need to get it set up. But as you said at the beginning of the show, you're talking about how people do have things set up, but incorrectly. And those are the estate planning... Uh, faux pas or errors or mistakes that could really be costly and problematic. So even if you have, you think you have a, a legacy plan set up, a state plan, you know, even if you think you have it planned out, you should probably get it reviewed, especially if it hasn't been looked at lately and you're, yeah. as you get older, I mean, you need to have it reviewed regularly and you'll do that for them, right?
1: Yeah, we, we uh, actually have come up with a program that, um, one of the biggest things we see is people come in with trusts from other places and in you know, trust is kind of this will substitute designed for a few things, avoid probate, parcel out distributions, protect the assets, things like that. But the trust doesn't have any assets in it. So it's like it's like buying a really nice car and not putting any gas in it. So the trust is only going to be able to control whatever assets that trust owns. So if you don't put the, if you, I mean, you take the time to do the documents, you sign all the documents, but then you don't put anything in it. what was the point? Cause the trust isn't, the trust can only control what's in it. So if you have a, uh, you know, several hundred thousand dollars and they're all sitting in the bank account and they're just in your name, well, the trust doesn't do anything because it has to be titled into the trust. So those, those are, that's one of the big mistakes we see that people come in. Um, so make make sure that if you're going to go do a trust you get it um, funded that's what we call funded and we we ha- well, it was such a big issue because things change from time to time you know there's going to be changes in your family there's gonna be changes in the laws there's gonna be changes in techniques um, so we developed this uh, a maintenance program for our clients and it I' don't know, we charge them a dollar something a day I think it's uh, it's like less than 500 bucks for the year. So what that does, is it entitles them to come in two, three times a year, meet with us, sit with us, go over the documents, anything changed in your life? Did you open up any new accounts at any other banks or financial institutions that you didn't tell us about? Oh, yeah, you know, I opened this, uh, this bank account over at Bank of America. Did you put it in a trust? No. Okay, let's get it in a trust, right? So, so as we meet with them, and then so our guarantee to them is if you're in this program for three years you know, before you're passing, uh, we'll guarantee there won't be any probate. So if there is a probate, we'll do it for free because we believe it was our job through these meetings to make sure you get everything in your your trust. So, and, you know, I can count on one hand in 30 years how many times I've seen people with their trust that we call fully funded. Most of the time, there's something left out. And even if it's just one account left out, that one account has to go through probate. And the whole one of the main purposes of doing your trust was to avoid probate. So even here, so let's say there's a hundred thousand dollar account, Tony has got to go through probate. That could cost oh. seven and seven to nine thousand dollars.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, I would imagine the cost here, really yeah, add
1: up. I mean here in here in our county, um, there's a a schedule that the attorneys get paid off of so it's not necessarily by the hour it's just like you get a per- certain percentage of of the, the money in the estate and the the executor does too so on the first hundred thousand the attorney i believe gets four thousand two hundred fifty dollars, and the executor i think gets four thousand so you're almost at eight thousand dollars on the first hundred thousand dollars so i mean kind of crazy right so you know, if you're going to do these trusts, which I think a lot of people should, you know, you don't have to be wealthy. It's just really, um, like, you don't want to spend eight grand in probate, right? So you do the trust, but you got to get the assets into the trust. If you don't get the assets into the trust, then you shouldn't have did the trust, right? So so that's that's one of the ones that we see often, um, that people don't have their, their trust, what we call funded. So.
0: Right. And y- yeah. Yeah, they're not properly funded. So you need to make sure you have a trusted financial professional uh, looking over your documents, making sure all the I's are dotted T's are crossed, et cetera. And Chris, I know this is, you love to dig into this stuff and help people solve problems and make sure they uh, really, if you plan ahead, you're going to avoid the problems. You're not going yeah. to need problems solved. They're already going to be. And I, and I think be... we
1: have that coordinated approach that we're looking at everything. Uh, I'll give you a really bad example, a true example that happened not too long ago. So we were uh, involved in an estate. We had a trust for them, and we had all their assets in, in the trust other than this one um, brokerage account at a major brokerage company, and, and I said, look, I you and your broker have to get this into the trust because I can't physically do it because I'm not that institution, right? So it was one of the, the big boys out there. Um, so what ended up happening is one account had to be probated. It was, um, mm. I think it was like a $900,000 account. Oh, wow. It had to be probated. The Probate fees was $22,000. Oh, not including the, um, executor fee. So 000, So they're like, well, you, can you discount? And we ended up discounting our fee, but I went to them and I, and I literally downloaded the form off the website of that broker one page form. If you'd have just had him sign here and put it in his trust, you could have avoided the whole mess. So, I'm like, this isn't our fault. You, you know, your broker should help helped you do this. But if the broker, like the broker doesn't know anything about estate planning. So, you know, and he, he has, it, there's no, he's got no skin in the game there. He doesn't care if it gets probated or not probated. It doesn't make him any more money or lose him any money. So, so, but this coordinated approach at our firm, where we have investments and taxes and insurance and legal all in one place hopefully that, that would never be missed because we'd make sure through these meetings that that's going to get done. So, and you know, the air was not happy. I'm like, well, look, don't be not happy with me. I mean, I, I didn't create this mess. I mean, look one page they could, they've could, they could avoid a probate and they just didn't do it. So,
0: Wow. Yeah, that's huge. Well, you know, we've covered a lot, and there are a lot of mistakes that can be made when it comes to estate planning. Oh yeah, uh, the and we fir- just touched the surface. Yeah, I mean, there's,
1: I'm sure there's plenty on the web you could look up too.
0: Oh yeah, well, and the thing is, is uh, the first mistake is not having a solid plan in place. The second mistake is not reviewing what you have, and then all the other little ones that you can make if you do it wrong. You can avoid all that. Uh, it's as easy as picking up the phone. And giving uh, Brookside Tax and Financial a call. Uh, Chris, you do estate planning. Uh, What's that number again for our listeners before we go? Uh,
1: 440 886 3550 for Brookside Tax. Our law office has a separate line. Um, Call either one 216 485 1040. So get a hold of us. uh, You know, we're CPAs and attorneys. So, uh, you know, we've been doing this for. I, don't, I hate to say it, thirty-something years. So, um,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of estates. So, yeah. um,
0: we'll get it done right. All right. Well, that does it for today's episode of the Road to Retirement with our host Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial.